Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports gets bigger every week. NBA, NHL finals, one right behind the other. Baseball ready for the summer. NFL and college ready for right after that. Individual golf and tennis majors on the horizon. And that's not even to mention international. Pete Scott, Innovations Media, Warner Company, big deal in the industry certainly can talk about vertical integration in all of this content, in all of those platforms. But first, let's look at deal-making issues this week. Three to one. Three. Sports betting in Texas. When will it be legalized? How to bet online and where to find it? Online sports betting now legal in over 30 states. Texas may be next. Strong belief could become a reality in 2023. Even one candidate for governor who said he'll back Texas mobile sports betting if he's elected. Since Texas loves teams so much, there's little doubt online sports books will be successful and if texas sports books get the green light sports fans across the state will be able to take advantage of many texas sports book sign up offers and texas sports book promo codes and with so many sports to choose from and so many promo offers out there sure to be a big hit with both houston and texas playing competitive baseball always be an opportunity for texas sports fans to place live bets on home teams two big issue regarding MLB planning to televise this year's draft combine, taking a page out of the NFL and NBA, intentionally piggybacking or not on the rabid interest in the NFL scouting combine, televising its own draft combine this month from San Diego's Petco Park. Baseball's second annual combine featuring the top 300 draft eligible players selected by USA Baseball and Major League teams broadcast in MLB Network June 16. And 17. The event runs from June 14 through 20, including infield and outfield showcases, strength and skill assessments, and games for high school age draft candidates. Medical examinations are also a significant element as teams search for potential arm injuries during prospects' workouts. Outstanding performances featured on MLB social media platforms and TikTok, Twitter, and other outlets. The on-field staff includes former players such as Hall of Famer Trevor Hoffman, big league managers Jerry Manuel, Bo Porter, Mike Sosha. Last year's inaugural combine in Cary, North Carolina, maxed out at a total of 150 players. Total had doubled this year. The 2020 MLB draft will be held July 17 through 19 and will last 20 rounds. The compensatory rounds and the competitive balance round also this year's opening night. Bottom line is, it's a big deal, and it's only getting better. One. Finally, deal-making issue number one. Win reality, the new baseball and softball training tool virtually churned in $45 million in funding from Spectrum Equity. The uh, Ancestry.com, Butley, Grubhub, Headspace Health, SurveyMonkey, among the dozens of companies in Spectrum Equity's existing portfolio, all blue chippers, as you can tell. 
Austin-based Win Reality includes training tools on MetaQuest for baseball and softball hitters. A majority of MLB organizations and more than 100 NCAA baseball and softball teams are among the existing users. Digital Library includes some 7,000 real live pitchers and almost 2 million individual pitches. The company more than tripled its revenue and customer base in 2021. Users facing almost 40 million pitches over the year. According to a joint study between MLB and Win Reality, MLB hitters improved their batting averages by 19% and their on-base percentages by 12% when using WinVR product for game prep. What do they all have in common? Integrated media with a brain behind it to take the next step, monetize, maximize distribution, provide globalization outlets, and more. Warner Brothers Discovery is the emerging company, can't call it emerging, with published revenues of over $7 billion two years from now and over 25 employees five years from now, but it's getting bigger. News and sports division is relevant to us, but how about HBO, Cinemax, Warner Brothers Pictures, TNT, The CW, New Line Cinema, HBO Films, Cartoon Network, and more. Pete Scott, the uh, guru of innovations and and uh, a new media for a company that is setting that standard, shared some perspective with us that certainly bears listening to. Here's Pete Scott. All the business pundits that I've had a chance to read or talk to have all talked about this is a brand new day for viewership because we now understand that everybody is, quote, back to being excited about sports as the, you know, only real kind of reality show, uh, TV viewing, and you take a look at the UEFA numbers, and you take a look at the NBA and NHL numbers, it's building and it's being built, and there are a lot of nuances on that. But uh, as a guy who, you know, his title focuses on emerging media, what's your take on the prolific Memorial Day viewership and, and beyond? It's a great question. And I think for me, what's so fascinating is I was with family members from, you know, 50 years old all the way down to 12. And we were all huddled around, which I thought was super interesting, the globalization of sports, right? So we were watching Formula One, which you probably would never have thought people would be watching Memorial Day weekend with Formula One. Uh, We were watching the Champions League, um, which was, you know, another great experience with Real Madrid and Liverpool and Paris. And then uh, you know, the NBA Celtics, uh, you know, playing uh, against the Heat, an amazing series in NHL hockey. So I think what's fascinating to me is just globalization of fandom, right? The sports fandom around the world is becoming tighter and tighter. Even the French Open, we were able to catch, you know, some, some time. And even um, women and men's NCAA, uh, you know, women's lacrosse uh, this weekend uh, and men's lacrosse. So I just think sports is on an incredible um, trajectory, but I think there's so much of it that there's opportunities for people to create fandoms wherever you are in the world. And I think that's the one thing I've been in this business a long time that you're seeing a familiarity, right? Of athletes from around the world that are in U.S. households, people are wearing their jerseys, people are talking like them, obviously. Netflix and Formula One was a huge boost for them. Um, And it's it's an exciting time. I think for us, 
know at, at Warner Media Now Discovery, force is an integral part of our programming. We're very fortunate to have the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, um, NCAA March Madness that we share with CBS, and then the recent announcement of U.S. Women and Men's Soccer. So, you know, we're just very, very blessed. And I think for us, we see it an opportunity because it's the entire sports fan. Um, and we look at the sports fan sort of as, you know, Bleacher Report and House of Highlights, which is on the young end of, say, 12 to 35 years old, and then the traditional TV viewers watching Shaq and Ernie and um, and Charles and Kenny. And, you know, we're, I think, doing the best to placate to that sports fan, whether, you know, it's a 14-year-old watching the NBA and personifying that content on TikTok or um, and Roblox in the future or just traditional TV. So it's fun. It's, it's, it's a great place to be working, you know, being a part of a larger company with Discovery and that globalization, I think is there's a lot of opportunities there. So just excited to be pretty honest with you. It's a great weekend and it's just an indication of the healthy sort of world we are in sports and that fandom. Warner Media, Time Warner previously, Turner, the, the whole world, if if you would ask what the perception has been, it's a you know, gritty, uh, undermatched, uh, overcome and now it's kind of like for people that don't understand the industry, and even if they do, you get along with everybody. I mean, you when when the original uh, deal that basically funded college football and basketball, at least basketball for years, with CBS and you, you know, how is CBS going to work with this network that I've worked with before? And now look how seamless the promotion has been with the multiple handoffs between you and ESPN relative to the NBA and NHL playoffs. I know after talking to one of the commissioners of those two, he is totally ecstatic about your ability to work together. So was it easy to do as you, you know, engineered it and implemented it? Yeah, I think what's really interesting, you know, our head of remote operations, Chris Brown is, is a saint and he works very closely with his colleagues at ESPN you know, and in some cases, you know, we share trucks, uh, we share technical equipment when we were both working together on the NBA and NHL. And I think it just shows you what a powerful one-two punch that relationship is, you know, with ESPN and, and Turner, both in NHL and in um, in basketball. And we also have a relationship with them in baseball, ironically, too, because that baseball. So I think all of us are trying to figure out this new world, right? We're at Turner Sports, always trying to innovate for that connected fan, really wherever they are on mobile, on, on desktop, or connected TVs. And I think being able to understand the sports consumer is a benefit for all of us in the business. I think we want to know what that sports fan wants. How do we personalize version, create different versions for uh, that experience, whether you're young or old sports fan? And I think that's the exciting part is, you know, how do we understand that consumer how do we work together on a, on a really just a basic level of technology and operations and then just as a whole how do we lift all boats how do we cross promote each other so i think it's been a win-win for both of us um, on, on that front for sure let me ask you this about the uh broad range of demographics as you mentioned earlier 12 year olds and the 50 and 60 and 70 year olds get together with the same basic content with multiple platforms. Uh, that trend is really uh, 
perpetuated. Social media is one of those items that people kind of disdained a while ago and now totally embrace as compatible to an overall media strategy. Uh, when you sit in planning meetings, I assume you talk about what is on the traditional quote-unquote television, but there's so much more to it. Just give me an idea of the of the analytical process as you identify how to distribute across multiple platforms. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's um, it's just conscience. You know, that conscious behavior that says, look, there are multiple sports fans connecting in different ways. And so we're so blessed to have Bleacher Apart as part of our composition. And I think their, you know, their teams in both San Francisco and New York make us think different, you know, about the sports fan and what the sports fan is thinking. And, you know, for example, we have BR Open Ice, which is our 24-7 NHL destination on digital. And we also have BR Walk-Off, which is our MLB 24-7. So these guys are incorporated and as much as we can integrated into our production meetings, right? So that we know, you know, we're on air for three or four hours, depending on the game. But then when we're off the air, these are the contributors, right? These are the contributors that are leveraging the content that we have. Even on June 1st, we're doing a special press conference with, you know, with Brady, the Holmes, um, Allen, and, and Rogers on VR. So, you know, sort of weaving the digital world and the, and the linear traditional world is kind of in our DNA now. Um, we sort of started way back in 2001, actually, when we were operating and managing NASCAR.com and learning how to be digital and learning that there's other conversations and means in which, you know, people, um, you know, work on sports content and it consumes sports content. And I think for us, we've, we just embrace that and it's part of our DNA and we, we want to touch wherever the consumer is. And I think you're 100% right. Whether you're 12 or over 50, you're still a sports fan. You just may consume it differently. And how do we make sure um, that we're aligned in, in meeting those audiences? Let's talk counting, accountability, advertising, and measuring success for a minute. Uh, we don't have enough time to cover all of that, but I just want to touch on it. You know, years ago, the most important issue was stay by your rotary phone because somebody from Nielsen, at least not uh, in uh, 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 Mumbai, at least it would be somewhere closer, would call you and say, what are you watching? And you would hit it and that would be it. And one television was more important or as important as one television in a super screen in a bar or a church or a stadium. Uh, that obviously has changed almost the other way since media is really a function also of how advertisers feel comfortable with numbers and demographics. Uh, are we now in a position where the you know one television accountability rating is gone and how in the future are we going to be able to be in a position of accurately measuring uh, who's out there, who's watching, over streaming and every other kind of platform? complicated question, but I think it's probably the essence of the future of the business. I mean, it's going to come down to what everybody sort of agrees is going to be the currency. I mean, I think for us, we want to accurately, you know, measure all the encompassing platforms where our sports fans are. And I think for us, if we can accurately do that, work together with, you know, all of our different um, 
you know, leagues, partners, broadcasters, rights holders, and sort of really understand what that true value is. I think it's going to lift all boats. I think, you know, as we know right now, social inventory is not as valuable as um, linear inventory. And, you know, that is the way it is now. It's not to say that will be that in the future. I think the beauty of social is it's so hyper-personalized that it is so valuable, where that is a um, an area when tied with IP and that personalization, you can hyper-serve, you know, ads and content um, and social that, you know, um, you try to replicate with the addressable TV on set-top boxes and CTV. So I think you're right. I think it's it's one of those things where if all of us can agree to agree, which is sometimes difficult, as you know, but I think we all understand and we're getting sort of technology literate. Um, CTVs have just sort of exploded in their usage. You know, there were a bunch of connected TVs, you know, even five, 10 years ago, but people didn't have them connected to the internet. And now it's becoming sort of standard. We're making it easier, obviously, with our HBO Max and the success of HBO Max and the ability to have a connected TV app right there uh, on the TV without hitting your your input to change, you know, your your HDMI input into the TV, I think is a big difference. So I don't know, I'm pretty confident that all of us will basically reckon um, that value and we'll figure what that is. I think it's it behooves us all, whether you're a brand and you want to make you know, the largest impression you can, and sports just happens to be that great, um, that great ability to get a live audience. So we'll get there. I just think we're all being conscious of, you know, what, what it is today and where it's going and how we all want to get to that point where we're all agreeing on that same measurement. A couple of quickies uh, relative to future trends, uh, gambling and mm-hmm. where it is. You know, if you'd have mm-hmm. said five years ago that it would even be something that we would talk about, let alone dominate before the Supreme mm-hmm. Court decision as well, maybe, but look at now. So you've got a situation of uh, uh, studies that have been done. I know that you all are kind of out front on assessing the behavior of the audiences and appealing, I'm sure, to them in the context of creative content uh, thereafter. So, you know, g- give me kind of your perception of the you know most recent studies, most recent current work, and where you think the industry is going relative to content in that context. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing that this next generation that is watching a lot of content on on Twitch expects there to be some kind of interactive interstitial, whether that's gamification, um, you know, whether that's an interactive app, potentially co-watching with friends. So it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's different versioning, right? Between us, we'll do multiple different types of feeds. Our partners at the NBA can provide you with five different types of feeds that you can log into when you're watching NBA League Pass. And I think that's where it's going to go. And I think as states um, continue to pass legislation to allow the online uh, sports betting, you're just going to see that as a component, as another choice or another version that someone can watch and participate while they're watching you know, live sports. And I think for us, that's an opportunity to you know, try things out, um, even – create gamification, time spent, again, hyper-serve the fan. You know, we believe there may be one day as part of those versions, you know, even though, uh, you know, I may not know you, we may watch a a stream because we share the same bet. So that would basically bring us together as a community 
Um, and I think those are the types of things we're going to experiment with um, around gamification. And as legislations and the leagues decide where they want to go, I think we want to be um, right in the middle of that participating. Final question, and it's uh, dangerous to ask a guy who basically runs all innovation at one of the largest networks on the planet. Uh, what's the next big thing? I think, uh, you know, I've been saying this a lot. And, and by the way, there's so many, I mean, I come, I'm in a company that was founded by Ted Turner and there's so much innovation DNA inside our company. It's awesome. So we get to play and tinker a lot um, and try things that it, it's just part of our DNA. And I just really, really applaud that as part of our senior leadership, you know, inside the company that that, that does that. I think the biggest thing that I would say, and I've been preaching this a little bit, like I said, is really just understanding your audience and getting better at that at first party data. I think I think all of us are a little lazy and a little um, fortuitous when we get large ratings, but you know we're not collecting data uh, to create a value exchange with the consumer. And I think for us, you know, that's where we think we can bring a value back to the consumer and allow them hyper personalization of content and experiences and versioning that we think that's where the future is going to be. So I think the technology has allowed us to create these hyper-personalized experiences that we couldn't do before, and now we can. And I think you'll start to see more experimentation. I think, I think uh, you know, the metaverse is interesting. I think it's still um, a, a niche market, but I love what people are trying and experiment with. Um, I think the blockchain, there's and, and cryptocurrencies, I definitely think there's something there. So again, I I, I work at a, at a at a company that I adore that gives us a lot of opportunity to explore, you know, these verticals. And I think for us, we're going to keep doing that as much as we can. Well, Pete Scott gives us a perspective that we may not have from others who just aspire. Pete is doing it and doing it well. Sports Gambling Minute. After the long wait, Ohio sports betting will start in 2023. The State Casino Control Commission announced this past week, January 1 is the date. Very costly delay for state tax coffers, which will take in 10% of all net betting revenue. And Ohio misses out on a busy fall sports season, including pro and college football, MLB playoffs, the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, and FIFA World Cup. And though the bill legalizing sport betting was signed into law last December, Commission Director Matt Schuler said the announcement is a long wait time is needed to prepare for the largest expansion of gaming in Ohio's history. Some national online betting sites may be ready to go, but part of the network Play Ohio includes websites that cover and advocate for sports betting. The delay costs about the three or to five million in NFL betting proceeds alone. A lot of money at stake both in terms of operator revenue and state tax revenue, they say. But it's up, it's certain, and it'll happen. How about the sports tech minute? Big three set to drop limited edition forever experience action tokens for 4500 a pop. The three-on-three basketball league that begins where the NBA ends releases feats forever experience action tokens on June 10. The inaugural cryptocurrency gives buyers perks and exclusive access to the league for as long as Big Three's in business. It'll drop at mintbig3.com, 375 gold editions available per Big Three team for $4,500 apiece. Once the league sells 375 per team, 
It'll drop 100 or 200 more for a final total of 975 additions for each of the Big Three's 12 teams. And the league claims that once all feats are sold, they'll never be available again, no matter how long the league operates, and buyers will have the option to pick which teams and communities they are joining, as the tokens will contain Big Three footage, interviews, and IP. The league announcement piggybacks with the recent sale of five fire-tier NFTs with 25 grand, some of which sold to Snoop Dogg and others. And the bottom line is it's the new wave, uh, people say. And fifth season scheduled to open June 18 after the NBA Finals. And we'll have five games televised by CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Finally, as we normally do, the Good Sports Minute for the week, and obviously a big deal in all cases, but certainly as philanthropy continues. Jalen Hurts addresses gun violence as the Eagles set to partner with the police for a gun buyback event. Uh, the bottom line is very outspoken quarterback, leader, can't even imagine my little cousin's not coming home from school, my little sister not coming home from school, my dad not coming home from work, he says, and he says it forcefully. U.S. Bank and WNBA partner with Project Destined for first-time female mentor programs supporting emerging female leaders. The U.S. Bank and WNBA partnership provides students with the skills and access required to build a great career while impacting their city and community. And Life Brand adds Austin Eckler as a new brand ambassador and stakeholder. The impressive brand ambassador lineup includes Heisman Trophy winner and, and current Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devonta Smith, PGA Tour pro golfer Dylan Fratelli, NCAA standout Haley Jones, who's a guard forward for Stanford University, and others. Red Sox broadcaster becomes the first regional sports network to offer standalone streaming services for games. Uh, clearly, Boston's Major League Baseball and National Hockey League teams are a launching pad for this Nesson product. And Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, wide receiver Xavier Worthy, and others announced an NIL partnership with Epic Games Fortnite. Those deals, as you might expect, in the six-figure range, and clearly more to come. Well, that's it for an action-packed podcast and report today. I'd like to thank Pete Scott for lending his incredibly unique perspective on the growth of media. I'd like to thank Nick Nielsen for helping put this together, as well as various distribution partners along the way. And we'd like to thank you all for listening and watching. Join us next week when we go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm the sports professor, Ricardo. See you next time.